Hello to our loyal listeners. Um, we're back. We know it's been a while, but um, we we needed to come back because there's a very important event coming up. Uh, Peter, do you know what it is? I know exactly what it is. I actually had a um, I had a set of mini crepes earlier this week to to celebrate. Um, yeah. And it's the the French Open, Roland Garros. Oh, okay. I was thinking of the royal wedding, but I guess that just happened. Uh, but the French Open is happening too, and that's what we're here to discuss. Um, and yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, Peter, what 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 were the things that initially stood out when you looked at the draw? Um. So, I guess I think the top two seeds got it fairly easy. Uh, Nadal has some potentially tricky players and some people who've, who've um, had good clay seasons in especially the early rounds. Like um, Sosa's pretty good. Jaziri got to a final this, this clay season and Seppi also has been playing very well. I hope he gets to play Gasquet because he's never lost to Gasquet. Yeah, that's one of the more lopsided. I think that might be the most lopsided head-to-head. No, I looked at the Ultimate Tennis Goat website, and the record for most lopsided head-to-head is Federer against um, Ferrer. Federer is seventeen and zero against. <laughs> yeah, Gabby I think I've seen. That. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but Nadal, he's I think fifteen and zero against Gasquet. And the funny backstory about that is that they were coming up as, like, prodigy juniors at the same time. And, like, uh, there was a debate at the start of their careers who would have a, like, greater career, Gasquet or Nadal. Yeah, and there's funny footage from them playing each other in the U14s where I think it may have been the last time Gasquet beat Nadal. (laughs) Um, But... But uh, then Nadal could play uh, Shapovalov in the round of 16, I think. And, uh, I mean, he crushed Shapovalov in, in, in Rome. Um, it would be great if Shapovalov got that far. He's, all he's doing is, he's, he's ranked 25th in the world right now. And all he's doing is adding, he doesn't have any points to defend until uh, Montreal. And so he could be top 15 in the world by the time he has points to defend. Like, he won junior Wimbledon, so you got to expect he'll be good on grass. He's, he, got to a, he got to a Masters 1000 semi. And so um, he's just going to be an interesting one to see. But he also has some real dud results, too. Yeah, so, he's not totally uh, consistent yet. Yeah, but exactly. But he is, he is, he's 18 or 19. He's he's eighteen. He just turned no. He's nineteen. He just turned nine. No. Yeah, I think he's nineteen. Him and yeah. Pass are like the two teenagers who are like doing really well. And I guess Pass is another one we can discuss. He's uh, who is he? Whose section is he in? Um, I'll look that up. I think but it's a, team. A little, a little more on Shapovalov. Yeah. He is the youngest player in the top one eighty. Like yeah. literally, like Felix at one. Some one eighty is is the next youngest player in the top two hundred. Yeah, and uh, and he's at like twenty four, like in the rankings. That's that's better than Zverev was at the same point of their careers. Like that's better than Chorich has ever been. Remember how Chorich and Zverev were coming up together? So like, uh, he's um, 
he's definitely like an exciting young gun. Um, Sitsipas is the other exciting young gun, and he's had the better clay court season. He made the finals. Which one? Which Monte Carlo? Monte Carlo. Yeah, he made the finals of a Masters one thousand. No, was it Barcelona? Let's I think check. it was Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, Barcelona. Never mind. Uh, false, false alarm. But still, that's a really good result, and he beat um, Del Potro, I think. And also Nishikori. Um, yeah, he's having a really good season. Um, he also sort of looks like a pansy, so I never would have like expected him to be like a dirt baller. Yeah, he's this like skinny, young-looking like Euro dude. He he he, he has like he, he doesn't get down and dirty. He's like very pretty. He's uh got a very pretty face and yeah. long hair, and you. You just wouldn't you you wouldn't pay. I don't know. Uh, I guess it's a uh, it's a uh, sort of profiling in a sense. Yes, it's a possible plates team in the second round. Yeah, it is profiling, but I mean, Sverev is kind of like that too. Yeah, Sverev has a bit of like a brat streak in him, though. Yeah, he's um, you you can tell he like. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a brat streak, but also you can sort of tell that he's just like a tennis coach's gr- dream. Yeah. And would his attitude is like perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um but I think what we're starting to see is like it's not sort of the old school guys who would dominate clay in the past like Alex Karecha and like Guillermo Coria and and guys who like play really slow and just outlast you it's now it's guys like like Zverev and team who are having a lot of success who just need that extra split second to crush the ball like they really want to crush the ball yeah like um, the hard hitters are doing really well yeah Zverev is sort of like a new type of uh clay quarter because uh I think his best comp if we were doing like comparisons I w- I sort of see him as, like, a Burditch who's a better mover and has, like, a slightly better serve. Like, he sort of hits the ball flat, but it his, like, big advantage on clay, like, the thing he does so well is that a lot of players, like, can't hit the ball through the court, like, on clay. Like, they can't, like, actually hit a winner, whereas Sverev, like, can. Yeah, I would actually, I'd push back on the Burditch thing. Maybe the movement could be similar, but I think Burdich has a lot more spin to his game, whereas Zverev is a lot flatter. And the thing with Zverev is, like, he's gotten better this year, especially the last, like, month or two. And it's not really because his weaknesses have gotten better. It's because his strengths have gotten better. Like, he, he's, he hits, the, he hits the, this really heavy, loopy, like, like uh, backhand and forehand, at least on clay, that just, like, would be so heavy to, like, rally with. Yeah, I've seen that. It's a good change of pace shot. I've actually, when he did that against Nadal to Nadal's backhand, it felt like somebody was, like, giving Nadal some of his medicine, giving Nadal back some of his own medicine. Um, I do, I would push back that Zverev is a significantly better volleyer than he was last year. I've you seen him, that. like, confident at net, and that was, like, he was, like, maybe the worst volleyer in the top 100 last year. Um, He's been playing a lot of doubles with his brother. 
Yeah. It's it's as if they're like already training for the for the Olympics. So yeah, let's talk about Zverev. Is this the is this the major when he finally sort of breaks out? I don't think he's gotten past the round of sixteen in a major yet, which is his major blip. So uh, I'm looking at his draw. Like I, I think my the first thing I said was that the top two seeds had like relatively smooth draws, and I think Lajovic could be an interesting second rounder because Lajovic is hot right the, now. The Serbian guy. Yeah. Like, I think Lajovic got to either the semis or the finals of, of uh, or took team really far. and Yeah, he's had a good play court season, yeah. And, um, and yeah, Djokovic, or what's his name? Zverev's history, major history, isn't, um, he doesn't have the best track record in three out of five set uh, situations. So you can't, so you got to, like, sort of temper bullishness. But, like, he... His draw is really good. Um, like, so let's 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 name the guy. So if things go to form, like the his his road would be, uh, he'd play uh, Zoomer in the round of thirty two, Pui, then uh, either probably Nishikori, um, in the what round would that be? Quarters. Yeah, actually, no, team in the quarters. Okay, yeah, that's probably either team or Nishikori, probably team in the quarters. And that's actually the first uh, Clash of Titans that's slated um, in this tournament. Um, oh, wait, never mind. Is who, who, where, where's Djokovic? He's in um, Dimitrov's quarter. Yeah, but that would be... Okay, yeah, that would be round of... I don't really yeah, that would be round of 16. Yeah, that would be round of 16. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, let's stick to Sverev for now. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, Team or Sverev in the quarterfinals? I'd take Sverev because he beat Team in the finals of Madrid, and he has the easier draw to get there, so he's more likely to be there in the first place. Yeah, I think Team because I just trust him more in three out of five. Um yeah, but that that was like a uh, a really telling result, um, the finals of Madrid, uh, because Team is this like very esteemed clay court player, um, and I think Sverev in that match showed that no, I'm the second best clay quarter in the world. Um, yeah, the thing with Team is that he like will have a big result, and then he'll sort of like get satisfied or burnt out or like have a hangover like i i feel like he played so well against nadal to beat him and then he was just sort of content at having beaten nadal and um i think that was that he's never won a masters 1000 either so maybe he was nervous yeah that's true yeah yeah because the final is so much different from any other stage in a tournament like he he was in this final against this guy he could like in theory beat. Let's look at their head to head. Yeah, I think team is up in their head to head three to two. Team and uh, Sverev. Alexander Sverev. Um, yeah, it's four two to team. So he's he was winning their head to head four one when that happened, and uh, how many of those were on clay? 
and two of those were on clay. Two of, he had won both of their previous clay court um, encounters. And so he, I just think he might have just choked. Um, I don't know. Zverev was hot, too. Zverev, um, since Miami, has made at least the semis in all the Masters 1000s. Oh, wow. And uh, he's he's won one, gotten to two finals. Um, he's really hot right now. And it's because he's just, like, getting a lot of depth and a lot of weight on his ground strokes and not hitting very many errors. Yeah. I think a more, a more like interesting match was, um, the Nadal Zverev match. Cause the rain delay happened when, when Zverev was up a break in the third and then play resumed and Nadal won five straight games to win the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Nadal was going to lose that match if it had not been suspended. For yeah. Rain. And I think it just shows like how much of a momentum player Zverev is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and it's just like when he's playing very well, he can, he can compete, but he, he has to be playing very well. It's not like, it's not like his second best can, can like, he can, it's not like he can hang in with his second best effort. Yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Um, I, yeah, you, you might be, uh. You might have convinced me to say Sverev. Um, yeah, how far? So, how? What round do you have him losing in? Uh, so he gets. I don't know who he'd play in the semis. The only semi I could see him losing would be if Djokovic just like found his game. Do you think that's gonna happen? Do you think Djokovic makes the semis? Uh, I doubt it, but it's. I mean, there are just so many landmines where he could lose. Yeah. Um, but if he doesn't lose, then I think that would be, like, very scary for Zverev. Yeah. Um, I actually think Zverev will make the final. And I say that with very little confidence because of his, <laughs> his, uh, his Grand Slam performance to date. Yeah. But, dude, if Zverev makes the final, he got he has 10 points to defend. Like, he lost first round last year. Yeah. If he makes the final, he will be like in the mix for number one in the world. Wow. Yeah, that's uh Yeah, our friend Zach was the first person who said that Zverev might be the end of year number one. Um, because like he's probably gonna play the whole season and if he has better results in majors, um he'll play more tournaments than Nadal and Federer uh, because Federer is basically only playing half the events and Nadal is just like sort of a sure thing to get injured at some point. Um, yeah, so if he if he even has one like standout major performance, like yeah, there's a good chance he's uh, he ends the season number one in the world. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't know how he'll fare at Wimbledon because he's like historically pretty good on grass. I think he beat Federer on grass, but also three out of five sets at Wimbledon is really tough on the body. Yeah. Um, and so, and uh, he might not have the three out of five set like body yet. Um, That's what, um, so Mark, uh, he, for the Miami Masters, he hosts 
yeah like players and so like the the coach of the player he hosted this year was saying that like a lot of the player talk about Zverev is that like he just he's gonna be insanely good but the mate like they they're just saying that the majors are tough for him now because of the three out of five sets and his body. yeah yeah I remember that Australian Open when he was up two one against Nadal and then just folded because he was uh he just didn't have it that was over a year ago though so he's yeah. developed more but still like you sort of need to like you sort of need at this point you kind of need to prove it yeah okay well we've uh we've we've uh i think reached the end of our chat about Sverev. um let's talk about some other stories one that um strikes me is that if stan stan uh has currently has 1400 points in the rankings um and 1200 of those are from making the finals last year so he's in for just a significant ranking drop unless he can get his shit together. Yeah, I'm going to look up where his ranking would be if he, like, loses. If he lost, like, first round. If he loses, yeah, like, yeah, if he loses first round, <coughs> he'll get, like, 10 points or something. Um, right now, he has, he, he's, he, on um, live tennis rank, he's, he has fourteen hundred exactly, and so then he would have like two hundred ten points. The player with two hundred ten points is ranked two hundred sixty one in the world. Yeah, he, this could be like Luca Rosal, the most like extreme ranking drop in like tennis history from like one tournament. I don't know. I feel like Murray. Yeah. Is gonna have a similar drop. Like yeah. if you're out for a year, you're uh You're fucked. Yeah. Just ask Delpo. It takes a really long time to get back to the top because then you have like the Nishikori Djokovic situation where they played each other first round in uh I think Barcelona. Um no, it was either Madrid or it was either Monte Carlo or Barcelona. Um yeah, you're just uh, you just get screwed over by draws. Um, I have a feeling though that if Murray's like right, yeah, if he's actually moving well. Like somebody like him could just chop through draws and like get a quick a thousand points and like, yeah, be fine. Yeah, right, but Stan is what like thirty four years old. Yeah, he's thirty four years old. He is an he. In Australia, he was an awful mover. Yeah. Um, I think at 33 years the old. odds are more than 50-50 that Stan is completely washed up. Yeah. And if that's the case, then maybe he's in some sort of rare camp who, regardless of how much pain he was in before surgery, might should have stuck it out and not got, gotten surgery. Because... Even though he was in a lot of... He made the finals of the French Open after a massive victory in the semis over Andy Murray last year. Yeah. Like, he was... He was, like, top five in the world. Yeah. Um, You don't... You don't... Like, if, if a surgery is gonna 
take you from top five in the world to 261 and possibly end your career, you don't get that surgery. You like wait it out and wash up when the pain is too much. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea how extreme the pain was. I, I do know that I do. I have heard that cartilage um, can be extremely painful. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure he had much of a choice, but if he did, then yeah, he made the bad, the wrong choice, at least for his career, it seems. Um, yeah, there are a few players who aren't playing, like uh, Rayanich is not playing. Um, he just chose not to, which is good for all of us. And then uh, 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 less, uh, uh, a more sad one is uh, Hyun Chung. He's had an ankle injury. He made the semis of the Aussie Open, and he's an exciting young player. Um, so let's hope he gets um, healthy. Um, yeah, so let's 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 uh, let's yes. talk about predictions. So Songa is also out. Yeah. Rublev is out. Um, Songa might be done too. Yeah, I think Songa's washed. All right, but predictions. What are your predictions? So let's uh let's start with the uh, I guess quarterfinals. Um, I guess we both have Rafa in there. Um, let's not, let's not overcomplicate this. Uh, who do you think, uh, Rafa plays in the, in the QF? I gotta pull up my draw again. Um, is Schwartzman in his quarter? Yeah, so it's Schwartzman and Anderson are the, the top seeds he might play. Yeah, I'm going with Schwartzman. Schwartzman's really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, Chorich is the other one who might, like, have a good result, but he's only he he's he hasn't been consistent enough. And Schwartzman like brings it, so I'm going with the five seven Jew um, represent. Um, all right, and then the the next quarter. Um, so we've got Chilich. Um, he's a seated player. Oh wait, another one that could be in the dolls. A sleeper could be Cuevas, and. Um... Um, I think Cuevas is probably a better sleeper than Cole Schreiber. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. But yeah, Cuevas, how far do you think he'll get? Um, you think he beats Anderson in the second round? Yeah, he's dangerous. Yeah, he could beat and he could beat anybody. He could lose to anybody. Yeah, you just have no idea. Like Anderson usually pulls out matches that he should win. So I I think I'll take Anderson um in that but Cuevas is good especially on clay. Um okay then we've got Chilich, um Manorino, Fognini or Edmund in the next quarter. Um and then let's look for danger sleepers in this one. Um there is a uh, Martin Fuxovich had a good tournament recently, and then Steve Johnson did too. Yeah, but I think like I guess the biggest scare to Chilich, actually, Manorino, Fognini, and Edmund 
all can be scary. Yeah. Um, I think Chillage makes it though. He seems healthy, and he's also just he is a very good clay court player. Um, trying to think. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I think Chillage is the smart money. Um, I don't know. To make it interesting, a part of me is saying, like, Pognini will do it. And so I'll just say Pognini. Interesting. Yeah, uh, Fognini's always scary. He can beat anyone, and he can have off days. Um, yeah, it would be cool to see uh, see the Italian in the in the quarterfinals. Um, okay, then who would he play? Uh, who would Fognini or Chilich play? There's um, Isner, Burdick, uh, Ramos, Vanolas, and Del Potro are in the next quarter. Uh, let's look for dangerous floaters. Um, Philippe Herbert, French. Charlie. Yeah, he's he's more of... Yeah, no. <laughs> Shardy's old, and Herbert is more of a uh, uh, doubles player. Um, yeah, I don't really... Leonardo Mayer is probably the most dangerous floater in this section, meaning there aren't that many dangerous floaters. Zabios made the round of sixteen last year, but he was awful. I saw him live. Yeah, um, he got crushed by team. So I think the major wild card, like it should be Del Potro, no, no doubt. But he had a groin injury in uh, in Rome, I think, and I don't know if he's fully healthy, which would mean, and if he's not, it would mean that this section is wide open. Yeah, this is the weakest one. Yeah, this is the weakest quarter. Ramos Vinolas, but he's just had such a bad year. Yeah. Um, I may go for um, Isner. Like is, he's had decent results on clay in his career. He made the semis of Rome last year. Yeah, and he was so good in Miami. Um, yeah, he won a Masters 1000, which you would normally think, what the fuck is going on? But if you actually watch tennis, he was playing so scary that it's like, uh, it would be interesting if he like carried that over into the hardcourt season this summer. He's uh, already lost on clay. Like I, I feel like the momentum has been broken, but like maybe he can rediscover it. Yeah, um, yeah, the momentum is definitely broken, and he's one of those guys who has like extremely good results like he he uh made the the finals one year of uh of indian wells um and he's had just like uh results in masters 1000s that have he's gone to the finals a few times um actually i'm gonna change my pick even after all that good talking of isner i'm gonna go with burditch he showed up for australia I think he's at the point of his career where he's only really trying in majors. And yeah. I trust his movement more than I trust Isner's movement. Yeah. I'm going to go with Del Potro just because if Del Potro is injured, I would just have no idea who else to select. So I'm just going to hope Del Potro is healthy. Yeah, that's that's a good call. Um, So, so then let's... Uh, Let's go. Let's go to the bottom half of the draw where it gets a lot more interesting. Um, 
are a lot more competitive. Um, so the next quarter, we've got Goffin, Monfils, uh, uh, Kyrgios, and Carreño Busta as the seeds with dangerous floaters. Uh, Robin Hase has been good this year on clay. Um, um, Corentin Motet is like the French young young gun. Yeah, he's the wild card. He's, I, he's I, really young. So I hope, uh, I'm all for the French having good players in the future, but I hope he doesn't advance past the first round because um, I'm living in France, and uh, the French will show French players uh, on like court eight rather than like Nadal on center court if there's a French player playing. So it's just like, it has the, like, it incentivizes non-French nationalists to uh, root for all French players to lose very early. But, yeah. Uh, Speaking of French, Monfi could do well, too. Yeah, Monfi. Uh, yeah, and Goffin, uh, he's Belgian. So he speaks French. Um, I see him getting to the the quarterfinals. There's no, it, it doesn't seem like he's injured. He's a very good clay court player, and uh, I mean, you can just never count on Kyrgios to like put it together. So I'm gonna no longer bet on Kyrgios. Um, I'm going with Carreno Busta. He's had the best year of anyone in this quarter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, okay, I'll go with Goffin, and you'll go with Carreño Busta. And who would they play? The the uh, seeds in the next uh, the next section are uh, Bautista Gu, Djokovic, Verdasco, and uh, Dimitrov. And Dangerous Floaters, uh, David Ferrer. Um, Nicola, Nicholas Jari, uh, Mark Elman's pupil. Um, he's actually had a good season so far. Um, Donaldson, I can see him fighting. Yeah, Jared Donaldson, um, American young gun. Um, so I guess for me, it's between Djokovic and, uh, Dimitrov for like who I'm choosing. Who would you go with? I have so little faith in Dimitrov. Um, do you think Djokovic can make it to the quarters, or do you think it's going to be a surprise? Let me see. Huh. I he think lose to Batista Agu. I just really don't want to choose Batista Agu in the quarters. Yeah, he's just not fun to watch. Uh, I'll go with Djokovic. Djokovic in the quarters against either Goffin or Carreño Busta. I think I'm going to go with... Uh, so my issue with Djokovic, I think his level, like he has top level tennis in him. I just don't think his fitness is good enough um, at the moment to go deep into a tournament, especially a best of five tournament. I think he'll be a factor by the time the U.S. Open rolls around. Like I think he'll be um, capable of actually winning the U.S. Open, and if not the U.S., like. He'll definitely be a contender if he's healthy for the Australian Open. But I think Dimitrov, I'm going with Dimitrov. I have a little bit more faith in him than you do. 
And then, okay, the next quarter um, is... Uh, all right, we've got Team, uh, Mueller, uh, Nishikori, and Query. This really seems like... Okay, and then Tsitsipas and... Uh, Uh, yes, it's the pass is the dangerous floater in this one. So is Tiafo. Um, Gilles Simone had a resurgence in Lyon. Yeah. He's in the final. Um, Benoit Pair is French in top 50. Uh, this is a pretty loaded quarter. To me, it's pretty clear, though, that it's going to be either uh, Team or Nishikori. I don't know if it's so clear to me, but those are definitely the favorites. Um, like I could see, um, I could see a bunch. Like even, even Goldis, who's he's been top ten in the world. Like he's just been injured. Um, I could see a lot of these people making the quarters, but I'm gonna go with uh, with one of those two. I'm gonna go with Team. Go down with the ship. He's the best player. Nishikori is two and zero in their head to head. Um, but both were, oh, there was one clay court match, but it was 2016. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I'm not sure if Nishikori is all the way back from his injury. Like, uh, I think especially in a best of five team is probably the favorite. Yeah, he um, did make the finals of, was it Monte Carlo? Yeah, he made the finals of one of the events this year and lost in Dahl. Um, yeah, I think it was Monte Carlo. Um... And then we both think Zverev will be the the last quarterfinalist, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so we're at the quarters. We have Nadal versus Schwartzman. I think we're both picking Rafa. Yeah, both yeah, picking yeah. Rafa. Yeah. And then the next one, okay, we have... Uh, I said Chilich, and you said Fognini. Yeah. And then I said Del Potro. Did we both say Del Potro? No, I said Burdich. Yeah, okay, you said so. You have Fognini versus Burdich. Who wins that match? Uh, Fognini. Okay, and then I have uh, Chilich versus Del Potro. I say uh, Del Potro owns Chilich. So if Del po- if Delpo makes the quarters, it means he's like fully healthy, um, or at least healthy enough, and I. Picked Del Potro. Like they're head to head. I think it's like ten to two. Yeah. Um, and then uh, then the next quarter we've got you have Carreño Busta, I have Gauffin, and then uh, you have Djokovic, I have Dimitrov. So who do you think wins? Uh, Carreño Busta versus Djokovic. Ooh, that one's tough. I'll just go for Djokovic. And then I have Dimitrov versus Goffin. I'd say Goffin. Um, and then Team Sverev. Do we both have Sverev? I have Sverev. Okay. So you have Fognini Nadal. Yeah, I, I'll take Nadal. Yeah, and I say Nadal over Delpo. And then you have uh, Djokovic Sverev. Uh, man. I think if that match actually happens, I'd take Zverev, or I'd take Djokovic, but I think it's a lot more likely that Zverev gets there than Djokovic. Yeah. So I'm just saying Zverev in the final, 
with the caveat is of if that match actually happens, I'm taking Djokovic. Yeah, that's probably the smartest way of uh, of predicting. Um, I have Goffin versus Zverev. Huh. I think Zverev. Uh, I'm gonna go with Goffin. I'm gonna go with uh, with Davy. I would love uh, just because of Zverev's um, five set history. Um, and Goffin is a very formidable court, clay court player. And then, so you have, you think Nadal, how many sets do you have Nadal over Sverev in? Uh, how many sets? Three or four, pro- probably three. Yeah, I have Nadal over Goffin in three. How many sets do you think Nadal loses in the entire tournament? Hmm. I'll go with two. I say one. I think he drops one to Schwartzman. Yeah, good call. Uh, I think he could also drop one in 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 various rounds. Because um, like he he did have that fifty set win streak, but then after that was broken, he he lost a set to uh, he lost a match to Team, lost a set to Fognini, lost a set to Zverev. Yeah, could have lost the match to Zverev. Yeah, he's not, he's not like. He's not like in this rhythm of just crushing people. Yeah. But I, that said, Roland Garros is different. Yeah, he's a different. He he like really brings it to Roland Garros. Yeah. Even more so than usual. Um. Yeah, and your boy Shapovalov could take a set, though I doubt it. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see that one. I think. Um, if Shapovalov gets that, like Shapovalov doesn't have the consistency. To, I don't know. Actually, he might take a set, but like, I really doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, especially so, Nadal tends to just like crush guys who have ups, who have like upset him in the like earlier. Like, he makes a point of just demolishing Lucas Rosal every time they play because Rosal beat him in the second round of Wimbledon once, and. Uh, and uh, Shapovalov beat Nadal last year in, I think, Montreal. And so he's on Nadal's, like, radar. Yeah. Uh, but then there are the guys who, like, continue to have success against him. Like... Fognini. Fognini. Uh, yeah, Fognini is, Kyrgios. like, a thorn in Rafa's side. Kyrgios beat him as a 19-year-old in the quarters of Wimbledon. Yeah. Rafa... I think it was, like, seven, 18. Yeah, he was, was he 19? I think he was 19. 19. But, yeah, and ever since, Rafa is like, there have been some matches that have been lopsided, but when Kyrgios has really brought it, it's yeah. been, like, pretty tight. Yeah. Um. All right. Do you have anything to add? That's that's about it for me. Cool. Well, uh, that's about it for me, too. Uh, to our loyal listeners, thanks for listening. Um. And we, uh, we hope you enjoy the tournament. We hope we uh, gave you a good preview of what's to come. And uh, Peter, you're rooting, for, uh, you're rooting for Djokovic, right? Nah, dude. I'm, I'm all about Nadal. But <laughs> I, I was actually, kidding. I actually wouldn't mind if Djokovic makes the final because I feel like Nadal would win that and that would even out their career head-to-head. Yeah, yeah. It's 26-25 Djokovic at the moment. 
Uh, I just think it would be a great tennis match. Like I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I sort of miss great tennis, and the best tennis is usually between the members of the Big Four and Grand Slams. So, and I think Nadal would win. So, I think. And so, like, also if if Djokovic is that far back, then it's one more threat to Federer at Wimbledon. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if Djokovic comes back, it means Federer is less likely to up his Grand Slam total and Dahl will have more of a shot at catching him. I think, yeah, it'll, I really hope Nadal wins this French. He would be up to 17, and then it would be within sight again. Yeah. Um, and Nadal, man, like, he brought it at Wimbledon last year. He just had a really, really tricky match with... Uh, with Mueller. With, like, Mueller beat him in... He Mueller had the went did the blueprint for a grass court upset. Yeah, he had two tiebreak victories in the first two sets. Yeah, and then just had that slider serve that was so hard to return. Yeah. Ugh, let's not relive that. Um, let's hope Rafa stays healthy. That's the only. Uh, I was. I was. Uh, Telling my friend Zach that I was gonna, I was, I was willing to take a one to two bet on Nadal. So I would get ten dollars if Nadal won. My friend Zach would get twenty dollars if Nadal lost. Um, but Zach wanted three to one or one to three, and I, I just told him that, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's probably more than a one in four likelihood that Nadal gets uh, injured. So I just I didn't take that bet, um, and so let's just hope Nadal stays healthy, and let's hope all the players stay healthy, but especially the like beloved players who are future Hall of Famers like Nadal, Del Potro, Djokovic, uh, Sverev. We don't want him injured, so let's end on that note. Uh, good health to all, and uh, yeah, thanks again to listen for for listening.